0: To children, your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440 K Y C R Golden Valley. Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With S R A News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump has issued a proclamation directing that flags of the White House and all public buildings and grounds, as well as military facilities, be flown at half staff until the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Is laid to rest. He has also directed the flags be flown at half staff at all U.S. embassies and other facilities abroad. Meanwhile, the president, remembering Ginsburg as what he calls an amazing woman,
1: the president learned of Ginsburg's death after finishing a campaign rally in Minnesota just before boarding Air Force One.
2: Whether you agree or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing
1: life. During the president's campaign event, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows tweeted his prayers and condolences, describing Ginsburg as a trailblazer, a dedicated public servant, and an inspiration to so many.
0: Greg Greg Kluxen reporting. Ginsburg died on Friday at the age of 87. This is SRN News.
3: in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR.
4: Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
1: The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. We're not looking at noise.
3: This thing that we live in starves people. Don't
1: hit me with them negative waves so early in the morning. It's the King Banyan Show.
3: Life in capitalism always ends in billionaires. It's true, it's true.
1: As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to
2: you.
3: No one ever makes a billion dollars. You take a billion dollars.
2: Why don't you say something righteous and hopeful for a change?
3: The government is the
5: public, and the public decides what is good for itself. Why don't you dig how beautiful it is out here?
1: It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
4: Now go do that voodoo that you do.
6: Here's King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. 651-289-4477, the number to call. Boy, you said that fast, King. Slow down. 651-289-4477, the number to call. With your questions and comments on this, really, I'm going to declare it probably the best-looking weather that you could get at the cusp of fall. We will reach the... uh, The uh, equinox, the autumnal equinox, uh, comes, I believe, on Monday. Um, Maybe it's Sunday. Maybe it's tomorrow afternoon, Sunday afternoon. But it's coming shortly. I hope you will enjoy it enjoy the weather because it just looks like it's going to be absolutely splendid this coming week. And and thank you for taking some time this morning to spend with us. Cool start to the day, but... uh, uh, at least around here, I believe the temperatures will reach into the 70s by uh, sometime later this afternoon. Can't ask for better, really. You shouldn't. What I can ask for better from, I think, is what the is what the uh, is what the Federal Reserve did on on Wednesday. It is it is striking to me. What struck me most about the statement wasn't the statement itself. What struck me about most about the statement was that two m- members of the FOMC, two of the presidents, were willing to go on on the, sta- on the, on the statement and say they had disagreed with this. Uh, Robert Kaplan, who is the is the president of the Dallas Federal Reserve, and Minnesota's own Neil Kashkari. Um, uh, who and both of them objected for different reasons. But for um, for a meeting in which they did not change the stance of current policy, the Fed funds rate stays where it is at at zero to one quarter percent. Quart- the the uh, quantitative easing will stay at the current pace of buying up 120 billion dollars worth of bonds per month. Eighty of treasuries and forty out of mortgage backed securities they're 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 holding on to that no matter what um, they're holding on to that, but they changed the entirety of the statement uh in terms of their uh, of what they believe they're going they're going to do and I thought this was interesting so i'm going to read from the statement the two the two dissents that were offered. And the reason I mention these is they are they rep- they probably do not represent the entirety of the dissent from this statement. Remember, the Fed is organized so that the governors, the seven the seven governors at the time. Let me I gotta do a excuse me. Uh, I gotta do a count here. One, two, three, four, Five, six. There are six current governors. There's a vacancy right now, um, and and I mean, let me let me, re- let me make sure I got that right. One, two, three, four, five. No, I take that back? There are f- no six quarrels, right? So there are six votes that that, are, that come from the governors. Then there were votes in favor. From Patrick Harker and and Loretta Mester, um, who are both Fed presidents, and they voted in favor of this. But two of the other four Fed presidents voted against it. Kashkari's is pretty easy to understand. He preferred that the committee just indicate we'll keep the we'll keep this current target rate of zero to one quarter in place quote, until core inflation has reached 2% on a sustained basis, unquote. Now, do I know what sustained basis means? I do not. Does Kashkari know what it means? Well, he may, but he hasn't explained that. I haven't seen any, anything to indicate that he's elucidated what would be the measure he'd use to indicate sustained. We don't know. And, but Kaplan's is a little more interesting, because I'm not sure how to read this. I'm just going to read it. Kaplan expects, quote, expects that it will be appropriate to maintain the current target range until the committee is confident that the economy has weathered recent events and is on track to achieve maximum employment and price stability goals, as articulated in its new policy strategy statement, but prefers that the committee retains greater policy flexibility beyond that point unquote that 's a long quote i 'm going to try to translate it. he does not like this new policy, and he thinks he thinks they 've gone too far. I think I might agree. I think I might agree with that let me let me let me explain this by giving you give let me explain this to you by giving you a series of um, of clips from the press conference. So the press conference that that's held after every FOMC meeting by the chair, and now, by the way, currently done remotely, so he is, he is in a room separated from everybody else looking at a screen, and people are screening and are then uh, Zooming in to talk, talk to him. I don't know if they're on Zoom or my Teams or whatever. But they come in and talk to him, and the committee says, the committee says um, that it is um, it has basically the statement that's above here, which they didn't change, was basically the entire statement where they talk about where they think the economy is. They changed next to nothing over the last eight weeks of four seven weeks of their forecast for what they think the economy is going to do. So from July 29th of 2016, the only words words they've changed is the COVID-19 pandemic, rather than coronavirus outbreak, they changed that, is causing tremendous human and economic hardship across the United States and across the world. Economic activity and employment have picked up in recent months, but remain well below their levels at the beginning of the year. Okay. Uh, they removed uh, somewhat, and they're they no longer mentioning sharp declines. Um, and that's it. Everything else is identical. So the economy, to them, is growing back from a recession. And then they change all the language in the way that we discussed last week when we did the, did the or was it two weeks ago? With, no, it was last week, when we talked about the Jackson Hole uh, conference and what what uh what was said there we played a bunch of clips from that i believe uh no that was two weeks ago that was over the that was over the labor day weekend you can go back and find you can go back and find that by the way if you go to twin cities business radio.com and you go to look at the podcasts that are there you can find that show and listen to what what we discussed then and that so i've explained the policy to you as best i can in that show, I'm not going to repeat myself because I have a lot of people that listen to the show. I got a pretty sticky listenership, I would say, John. I think I got people who listen every week and they listen for the hour, uh, and and that's that. You can't ask for a better audience than that. If you're one of those, thank you so much. Be great if you would if you would uh, if you would uh, visit our sponsors. That would be awesome too. Uh, but if you could uh, if you could. Just let other people know, hey, this is a great way to spend an hour on a Saturday. Fantastic. All I can ask of you. Um, so here's what, here's what he has to say about, and I, I kind of need, hang on just a second here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and actually take this break a little early so I can get this set up right. We're going to be back right after this. I want to take you through his prepared remarks first. And then he had two answers to questions that we've clipped for you that are really, really fascinating. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
0: Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple too. Listen to Business1440 at radio.com.
3: I'm on my third child and also on my third vehicle at Invergrove Hyundai. I'm Christelle from Mendota Heights. I did my research on high rated vehicle, good value, and that brought me right to Hyundai. So now I'm on my third. And also my third child, uh, which brought up the need to upgrade the vehicle again. So now I'm in a Santa Fe, and Hyundai brings a lot of features to the table for not a lot of money. And considering I'm taking my kids in the vehicle, it's also a really highly rated vehicle as far as safety. So Invergrove Hyundai was able to work out just a great deal. The staff and the salespeople really did uh, close the deal for me because everyone has been just a joy to deal with.
7: Every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. You deserve a great car buying experience, and that's what you'll get at Invergrove Hyundai. Online at InvergroveHyundai.com.
1: Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Recently, someone asked if my brother Eric was still around. Eric? Are you still
2: around? I am still around and a lot of things have changed over the years at Kingdom Builders, but one thing that hasn't changed is that we're not salesmen, we're just great roofers. He's the guy that takes care of our gutter side of the business. If you need gutters or a roof, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up
8: at thekingdombuilders.com. Hi, this is Matthew with The Kingdom Builders. With the severe weather we've had recently, you may have had some strangers knocking on your door, saying you need to sign something to get weather-related damage on your home covered. We love coming to people's homes for no pressure, no obligation consultations. We don't want you to feel pressure to sign anything. If you'd like an expert from the Kingdom Builders to come take a look at your home, or just to talk to you about how the insurance process works, we'd be happy to do that. Look us up online at thekingdombuilders.com. How do you define strength?
7: Is it physical? <laughs> or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high
1: school.
6: This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.
0: Daily headlines, investing guidance, and insightful financial discussion are just a tap away with our free mobile app. Simply search for Business 1440 in the App Store, and in seconds, you'll be connected with the brightest minds in business and investing. Now back to the King Banyan Show on Business
1: 1440. You didn't think I knew how to rock and roll. I got to go the right down to
5: my very soul. No need for me to
6: be Welcome back King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Oh, no, I'm on so one glad you could be with us today. Uh 6512894477. Um go ahead Wyatt. Take a look for that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk for a minute because this is very interesting. The reason I wanted to stop because is I forgot to grab a, grab a copy of my uh, of the transcript of the uh, of Jay Powell's press conference opening opening statement. And the reason I wanted to do that was, and I forgot to ask uh, Wyatt this before uh, before coming into this segment. So he's looking for something for me right this second. Um, at one point, I'm listening to this clip and I'm thinking there's something wrong with it. Why? Because I keep hearing one syllable over and over again. That syllable is two. Every time he uses it, and and sometimes because the word two can be spelt three different ways but has the same sound, you could say we want to get back to 2% two, and you would have said it three different times meaning three different things. That is not what I heard here. I what I hear is in two paragraphs, and what makes it interesting is in the transcript it's actually written with the numeral two, rather than the rather than the uh, rather than the letters T W O or T O or T O O. Okay, so here's what we're going to try. In the process of this, I want you to hear the number of times he uses the number two. The number, not the word, the number two. So what I'm going to do is uh, I've asked Wyatt to play a little sounder every time Jay uses the number two. This whole thing is two paragraphs long. It's two paragraphs. And I'm not going to play it all together one one all the way to the end. We're going to play them in little bits because I need to explain each part of it. But I want to play, let's play cut number one. And, and if you can play a little sound every time he uses the number two. Go ahead.
9: Hence, as we say in our statement, with inflation running persistently below 2%, we will aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time, so that inflation averages 2% over time, and longer-term inflation expectations remain well anchored at
6: 2%.
8: <laughs> I'm sorry, King, but I'm just laughing over here listening to him say it four times like that in 15 it's seconds. It's four times
6: in one sentence, right? It's four times in one, Right
8: oh that's hilarious I, had to,
6: I i actually i actually rewound the rewound the youtube clip thinking that somehow uh uh bloomberg had messed up the recording and then i opened up the opened up the transcript and i got it okay and i looked and it's like there it is right at the t- if, if you happen to have the transcript i'll i'll tweet it to you at the break folks uh at pound kbrs if it, I'll, I'll read it to you, hence in my voice rather than Jay's voice, because he, has a, he, he does have a style of talking that, that is kind of hard to imitate. Um, hence, as we stay in our statement, with inflation running persistently below 2%, we will aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time so that inflation averages 2% over time and longer-term inflation expectations remain well anchored at 2%. Did you get that, folks? two percent right about as subtle as a sledgehammer wouldn't you say really it's 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 absolutely it's absolutely remarkable he sets up this sentence i played that one first because it's the most striking part i'm going to have you do it with one more clip this is clip number one this is longer he doesn't do it as often but you'll hear it Uh, he. this is the setup, and then I'm going to have have Wyatt play four, then I'm going to have him play. This is cut number five, Wyatt. So cut number five is the setup for the cut we just heard.
9: The changes we made in today's policy statement reflect our strategy to achieve our dual mandate goals by seeking to eliminate shortfalls from maximum employment and achieve inflation that averages 2% over time, as we articulated in our statement on longer-run goals and monetary policy strategy. We view maximum employment as a broad-based and inclusive goal and do not see a high level of employment as posing a policy concern unless accompanied by signs of unwanted increases in inflation or the emergence of other risks that could impede the attainment of our goals. And we believe that achieving inflation that averages 2% over time helps ensure that longer term inflation expectations remain well anchored at our longer run 2% objective. In turn, well-anchored inflation expectations enhance our ability to meet both our employment and inflation objectives, particularly in the new normal, in which interest rates are closer to their effective lower bound, even in good times.
6: So that takes a little explaining. It's the longest clip I have for you of the of the seven clips I have from this particular press conference. Uh, maybe that's not quite right, but I, but it's close. So... They reinforced this in the whole statement, which I'm not, I'm not going to read you the, the, the FOMC statement. I'll, I'll tweet both these things to you at the, at the break. Um, the, this, this is the explanation of why they're doing what they're doing. So they start, they, they start with maximum employment and say, we're going for as much employment as we can get unless we see inflation getting out of hand. That insistence on inflation expectations is a reflection of the impact of the expectations view of the Phillips curve that was developed by Milton Friedman and Ned Phelps in almost simultaneously published papers uh, back in 1967. It has taken dang near 55 years to actually have a a Fed at least acknowledge that the, the expectations piece matters to that point, where they view expected inflation as being their target. And this is what I think has to be the point here. I last week referred to this as, or two weeks ago, referred this as average inflation targeting or inflation level targeting uh, or price level targeting. Another way to think about this is that this is inflation expectations targeting with using the price level as the signal to tell people what to expect, right? They're trying to... So you'll notice he never mentions the price level in this. He keeps mentioning this expectations. And to me, this is why he's hammering two, 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 two. He's doing that because he, he believes that if he keeps saying it, okay, like Nigel Tufnell turning up the amp to 11... He believes that saying two and over, over again is actually going to imprint in your mind that it's really 2%. Now, will this really work? I don't know. But notice what I said about a minute and a half ago. I was giving listener Jack enough time to tweet at me. I thought the Phillips curve was dead. It is not dead at the Federal Reserve. They might like to tell you that they, they've gotten away from the Phillips curve. But when you hammer expectations like this, what you're saying in effect is we believe there's a Phillips curve, but that Phillips curve is anchored by an expectation of inflation, and there is some trade off that might be available as long as we can keep inflation expectations at, at a certain point. That is no different than what than the Phelps Friedman hypothesis from the sixties. It builds in what we taught, if, you're, if you took your macro from me or from most economists back in the, back in the day, in the 80s, 90s, or 2000s, uh, before the Great Recession, you almost certainly learned about rational expectations. And this is a rational expectations-influenced model of, of how to set monetary policy. I must give people the reason to believe that I'm making a credible commitment to 2% inflation. So he has to keep saying this because, remember, they put maximum employment in front of the 2%. The 2% inflation expectations is a constraint and not the goal. Let me say that again. 2% inflation is a constraint and not the goal. You don't maximize 2% inflation you could try to minimize deviations from 2%. but the fed has just said they're not going to minimize deviations from 2%. okay? we can we can hear that we could hear that again. let me let me go ahead back go back and play cut number 1 again. you don't need to ring the bell again. i think we've made that point pretty clear. okay? But listen to this one sentence. why I cut this one sentence. The most important sentence in the whole statement is this one sentence. Play to cut number one.
9: Hence, as we say in our statement, with inflation running persistently below 2%, we will aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time so that inflation averages 2% over time and longer-term inflation expectations remain well anchored at 2%. That
6: is not a policy. That is not a policy that's aimed at minimizing deviations from your target. We used to model something that we would call the Federal Reserve's reaction function or loss function. In other words, how would the Fed grade its policy? And we believed it, it had a goal of having the unemployment rate at the natural rate or GDP at the natural rate and inflation at 2%. And that any deviation in either direction would be graded as as bad. And we would, in fact, grade it using, I'll use the technical term, because I know I've got a couple engineers who listen to me. It's a quadratic loss function. In other words, the further you get away from the target, the the higher the penalty you psychically are paying for, for, for that. If I miss by 5%, I, I, I feel a certain amount of bad. If I miss by 10%, double that. That 5%, I don't feel twice as bad. I feel four times as bad about that. Okay, that's what a quadratic does. Uh, okay, I tried to explain that in as simple terms as I can, but meaning that the further I get away, Ken, the Fed no longer is going to grade its performance regarding inflation on that kind of scale, all right? If you are listening to me and you are, in fact, an economics professor, or teacher, or if you are a student who's got a paper to write, this would be what, if I was teaching intermediate macro or money in banking, this would be an exam question. Write down the Fed's new loss function because they no longer care about deviations from inflation. All they care about is, is the expectation still at 2%? If the expectation's at 2%, then I'm fi- long-run expectation's at 2% then we're fine. Let me play a couple more clips. i got a I got a minute or two at least. Uh, let's play cut number two, please.
9: With regard to interest rates, we now indicate that we expect it will be appropriate to maintain the current 0 to 1 quarter percent target range for the federal funds rate until labor market conditions have reached levels levels consistent with the committee's assessments of maximum employment and inflation has risen to 2% and is on track to moderately exceed 2% for some time.
6: They believe the only way they can get inflation expectations back to 2% is to run it above 2%. Think about that. I can't say I'm going to make a credible commitment to raising inflation to 2% unless I can actually move it above 2%. So I'm going to have to do something I don't want to do in the long run, so in the long run I can do what I want to do. Am I... We should almost have that sound. Am I the only person here taking crazy pills? Come on. Doesn't this sound sound odd to you? When we come back, I've got a question uh, that got sent in by a listener regarding this uh, that is terrific, and I want to make sure I get it answered. Vincent, great question. Your answer coming up right after this King Banyan Show, Business 1440.
10: With hair, long, beautiful hair.
8: With the extreme weather changes in Minnesota, it can be very unpleasant when the windows in your house begin to fail. But what's even more unpleasant is the three long-winded, high-pressure sales calls you need to sit through to get multiple bids. They tell you their window is the best and all the rest are no good, and hey, I'll throw in a free window if we can write this up tonight. I'm Ryan from My3Quotes. What if I told you you could get competitive bids from three high-rated local contractors on any window brand after only one short meeting with me? The process is simple. I'll stop by to measure the windows and we'll talk options. Whether it's vinyl, wood, composite, or fiberglass, we'll come up with a job scope that fits your house and your style. And you'll receive the quotes within a week. If you've already had some window bids and were floored by the price, call me. As you'll see from my reviews, my quotes can come in thousands less than others for the exact same window. If you decide to move forward, I'll come back to write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, the service is free. So hop online and visit My3Quotes to set up an appointment. That's the number three Three My3Quotes.
2: That's eight hundred two one eight ninety five twenty.
6: Welcome back, King Daniel Show Business
5: fourteen
6: forty. So interest rates. Are going to be low for a while, and if you looked at the Federal Reserve dot plot, which I probably should have put in that put in that tweet I just put out to you at pound KBRS, I've got the statement and the press conference transcript, including all the Q&A afterward, uh, 30 pages of uh, monetary policy geekiness for you to to read here on the King Banyan Show, if you are so interested. And my listeners are. I mean, I prob- I've probably driven everybody else away. Uh, <laughs> just that that's all that's left. Uh, but there was nothing on, Q- on QE. They, they kind of just whiffed. Here's what they said on QE. Let's play cut number three, Wyatt, please.
9: Over coming months, we will continue to increase our holdings of Treasury securities and agency mortgage-backed securities, at least at the current pace. These asset purchases are intended to sustain smooth market functioning and help foster accommodative financial conditions thereby supporting the flow of credit to households and
6: businesses. And I see nothing to say that that isn't already happening, right? The flow of credit to businesses and households seems to be moving apace. Again, the construction market seems to be moving pretty steadily. Yes, I've read reports, and I I heard during my uh, quarterly business report review from somebody who said, you know, the banks are tightening credit, and I'm like, after any recession, do you think that doesn't happen? me a recession where credit got easier. Just because the Fed's pushing money out the door, you know, like like it's on sale, which it is, doesn't mean that, that the banks are going to turn around and lend it out unless they know they've got credit worthy folks. I I play golf regularly with a couple of people in the banking industry. One of them one of them said to me that he was uh, he was losing loans to banks that were willing to lend at at rates they were the banks the the bar was trying to get uh, loan to value uh, ratios that were well well uh higher than uh what their guidelines were for making loans at, the, at his institution and they had to have a sit down with the ceo to say do we really want to stay here when everyone else is going to a different place and the answer was nope we're we're gonna we're good where we are if that business goes out the door it's business that will end up biting the new the new lender in the backside we don't we don't want it so that's the basics that's the basics of uh, what he said that was basically three paragraphs about 2 minutes of the press conference he gets a couple questions asked that i found really really interesting and let me get to these fairly um let me get to these fairly quickly um He's asked – the first thing he's asked is, why didn't you give any guidance on when QE is going to turn around? And I'm telling you, I can't even play it because it's a minute and a half. It's – Wyatt, you'll appreciate this. It's like a minute and a half of somebody striking out without even coming close to the ball. (laughs) I mean, he just – I mean, he it's such a bad whiff. If you go in, you can read you can read the transcript. It's the very first question act, and I think it's Nick Timoros that asks it from the Wall Street Journal, right after the end of the press conference. So it's about 10 minutes into the recording if you happen to want to watch it. Um, and I think most of the press conference, these are becoming difficult for me to watch simply because in my work I have so many meetings on Zoom, watching a one-hour Zoom press conference from the Federal Reserve. I don't think I don't think God put enough coffee on the plant to keep me awake through all that I just don't so I, I, I chose not to do that but there were two that caught my eye this first one was uh, Mike McKee who's a uh, who reports here uh, is a reporter for Bloomberg who you hear here on business 1440 during the week uh, during some of the shows that play during the week wonderful wonderful reporter uh, and and uh, host ask a question hey do you think the fed's you think uh you know you've gone to zero, you've put out this statement, you've got q e continuing, what more can you do and he's almost begging him to say something about negative interest rates, and Powell has at least had good enough uh press conference discipline. To never even mention that he had the press conference dif- discipline to use the number two nine times in about forty-five seconds, uh, and <laughs> he's also got enough discipline not to fall for that. Let's play cut number seven, please.
9: No, I wouldn't. I certainly would not say uh, that we're out of ammo. Um, not at all. Um, so, first of all, we we do have uh, lots of tools. We've got the lending tools. We've got the balance sheet. Uh, and we 've got further forward guidance, further forward guidance, so we, we there 's still plenty more that we can do. We do think that our that our uh, our rate policy stance is an appropriate one to support the economy. We think it 's powerful, uh, and as I mentioned, uh, you know this is the kind of guidance that will provide support for the economy over time. The idea being that policy will remain uh, highly accommodative until the recovery is well along, really very close to our goals, and then will remain accommodative. Even after we lift off, so I think that's that's a really strong uh, place for uh, for rate policy to be. But again, we have the other margins that we can still use. So uh, no, certainly we're not out of ammo.
6: So if if there is more ammo, he he's clearly delineated that he's interested in more QE type things, more facilities like Main Street lending, which really hasn't gone very well. They've done a little bit more since then but he 's clearly not interested in negative interest rates uh, uh, i didn't, i didn 't see negative rates in the in, in the in any, tra- any bit of the uh, recordings that I had seen uh, but uh, anyway that's that 's one but the other one which I really wanted to emphasize for you for a moment shows you kind of the predicament they 've painted themselves into when at Jackson Hole you recall again go back to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com dot com and find our episode from two weeks ago. Where we talked about the Jackson Hole speech, and I want you to want you to go back and listen to what he says then about about uh, his focus on unemployment for specific racial groups. Um, so I want to play I want to play these, and I believe uh, I believe he says this. I hope I got this order right. Let's play cut number four, please, Wyatt
9: inequality, which I would, <clears throat> I would point to. It's a multifaceted thing, but I would point to the relative stagnation of incomes for people at the lower end of the income spectrum and also lower mobility. So those are things that hold back our economy. They are. The thing is, we don't really have the tools to address those. We, we have interest rates and bank supervision and financial stability policy and things like that, but um, we, can't, we can't get at uh, those things through our tools, when we lower the federal funds rate, that supports the economy across a broad range of of people and activities, but we can't we don't have the ability to target particular groups um, notwithstanding that we we do talk about it because these are important features of our economy, and we you know i I think those are those distributional issues are are issues that are really for our
6: elected officials so Understand what he said. They, they used this, this explanation of why we want maximum employment, saying when we get to the, to the stage where we're getting close to full employment, maybe even a little bit beyond full employment, the group that's being helped are people at the lower end of the income distribution disproportionately. Now, he says the tools we use help people across the spectrum, and they don't have a way of specifically helping people of color earn more or women earn more or immigrants earn more what they said is they seem to do disproportionately better when the economy is near full employment well think about why that would be true what's the evidence in favor of that the biggest evidence in favor of that actually comes from recent history the last couple years and he says well we're not the ones that are going to be able to help with that. that. He says, basically, that's for elected officials. So he comes this close, this close, and my thumb and finger are barely apart, to be saying that it's fiscal policy that has to help on this. Into that moment, I'm like, yep, I completely agree, but why then did you make it such a big part of your speech at Jackson Hole? Why did you spend all that time talking about this issue when, at the same time, you admit that that's a fiscal issue and not a monetary policy issue. Well, the answer comes right afterwards as he continues his answer. Cut number six, please. In, when we think about maximum employment in particular, <clears throat> we
9: do look at individual groups. So the, the, the high unemployment <clears throat> in a particular racial group like African-Americans, when you know, we, we would look at that as we think about whether we're really at maximum employment. We would look, we would look at that along with a lot of other data. So the answer is we do look at all those things and
6: And do what we can with our tools. But these are issues for elected representatives. I don't know why that cut off on me. I tried to record that four times, and I lost, like, the last six seconds of that clip every time. I think so. Uh, So anyway, um, what is he saying? He's saying, I'm going to read this to you because it gets cut in the middle. Um, So high unemployment in a particular racial group like African Americans, we would look at that as we think about whether we are really at maximum employment. We would look at that along with a lot of other data. So the answer is we do look at all those things and do what we can with our tools. But ultimately, these are issues for elected officials. So we can't do anything about it. It's really a fiscal policy question but we promise not to raise rates as long as we can see some subgroup that isn't reaching maximum employment. Does that make any sense to you? Now, Vincent's question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking about the Fed after this, but Vincent's question is terrific. Why, if, why is the Fed looking ahead to 2023 already in the midst of the pandemic? You should be forecasting more on, on focus more on right now. They're not even concerned about 2021 or 2022. That fact, so I would say, if you, Vincent, if you had had a chance to ask Jay Powell that question, he would have said, no, we are focused on 2021 and 2022. However, our belief right now is the economy will not recover until 2023. They believe that the, to get back to the maximum employment, to get back to an, an unemployment rate below 4%, is, is two years from now. Let me point out, we have said for quite some time that the unemployment rate is, you know, we said at the beginning, back, go back and listen to us on the, podca- on the podcast archives, go back to April and May, we are reading you forecasts which said at the end of 2020 the unemployment rate would be above 10%. It's currently down below 9 and my guess is that it'll probably be the in the next report, it'll be near eight point zero. It might even have a seven handle. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure yet. If I had to make a bet right now, I'm gonna bet I'm I would bet that it has an eight handle and not a seven. Um but I think twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two have the possibility of being particularly good years, if he sees strong growth in 21 or 22, he'll say, well, we're ready to move. We have it in place. But if somebody finds that there is some unemployment rate for some demographic group that still looks like it's above 5%, the Fed has now set itself up to say, we can't move on the inflation rate, even though it's getting a little bit above 2% right now, because we still have this one group that hasn't managed to grow as fast as some other group. I'm not confident that we can measure it well. I don't believe that the Fed and the Fed has said we don't have tools that necessarily address that, but we'll stay wide open accommodative until such time as that particular group moves. I don't think that's a particularly great strategy. I'm liking this thing less and less as we move forward. All right, i got to talk about one more thing before we finish the show today, so we'll be back right after this. King Banyan Show, Business 1440.
1: Business 1440 is KYCR, Golden Valley.
5: Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. For each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines.
1: Hey, it's coming. You can feel it at night, can't you? Oh, take off, hey, I know. But don't say it out loud, and maybe we can hold it off for a little while yet. Nope, ain't happening. Winter's coming. We gotta start getting ready now. We've had plenty of time to work at our backyards, but have you thought about a hot tub? Well, the guys from Premier Pool and Spa still have inventory, and they're still getting more in this year, even with all that's been going on. What's great about an Arctic Spa is that they can deliver them all year long, too, eh? Yeah, that forever floor means they don't need cement. So as long as you have the power run now, you can put it anywhere flat and move it around in the spring if you don't like where you put it. Yeah, but they still got them now, don't they? Sure, spas are still coming in all the time. This year, demand has been so high that the industry's having a hard time keeping up. But Premier Pool and Spa still hanging in there. Yeah, visit Premier Pool and chan today. Arctic Spas are engineered for the world's harshest climates. You deserve it. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously.
10: There's always a moment of truth where it's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continue to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine.
5: PFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINE.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel.
0: Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide.
6: Welcome back. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. I'm not going to let the moment pass without noting one more thing of somewhat importance this week. During the end of uh, a presidential administration, even one that may be reelected, changing of uh, people in positions such as secretaries and ambassadors and deputy secretaries is normal stuff. It happens all the time, and many of many of those end up leaving those offices to go work on a on the campaign to reelect. Then, then they go back into government, or maybe they go to a to go to a think tank, or maybe they just retire. Who knows? So. My first reaction when seeing that Terry Branstad, the, uh, the ambassador to China, had stepped down on Monday was to think, well, he's probably trying to help the Trump campaign in Iowa. He probably has had enough. Uh, Terry Branstad's well known for having a, a longtime relationship with, uh, with the uh, head of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, Chairman Xi, uh, because Xi uh, visited Iowa back, I want to say in the 80s. Uh, but at a time when I believe Branstad was either a rep or a or a govern, or governor of the state. He was a longtime governor there. Um, and so my thought of it was, well, I suppose things have gotten a kind of dicey, but certainly uh, the reaction of the uh, Chinese, uh, the, the Chinese reaction to Branstad's announcement was, to wish him the best. Uh, it sounds like he's always been on pretty good terms with the Chinese government, and the statement from the Chinese Foreign Ministry, which sometimes has been very critical of any U.S. Uh, any U.S. official, particularly one working for, working uh, appointed by the president, has been pretty rough. But the statement has was really very mild. I have actually have it up if I need it, but I don't think I'll get to that. Um, but then. Um, later this week posted uh, posted uh, on the State State Department's website. And the reporting on this is that this, this piece was an op-ed offered to every Chinese newspaper to go in any Chinese newspaper that the government would allow it to be printed in. Of course, the government has to approve anything that gets printed in newspaper. And they said, no thanks, we don't want it. Uh, we won't we won't print it in any of our papers, and so it, it, and it's interesting that, that it ends up being printed or just posted at the uh, website of the state of the State Department, and it's basically it's the statement reads resetting the relationship based on reciprocity, and it's written in the length of an op ed. it reads very very short. If you go to our our web, go to our Twitter feed at hashtag pound KBRS or my Twitter handle at Banyan Show at Banyan Show. You can find the link to this uh, posted earlier this morning. Um, He writes, the relationship has become increasingly imbalanced. An example is unequal access for U.S. companies, journalists, diplomats, and even civil society. As an open society, the United States has welcomed Chinese companies into our markets to sell products to American consumers, to invest and bid on projects, and to raise capital. We have we have welcomed we have welcomed Chinese students and researchers. US journalists face restrictions on reporting and even entering China China. Chinese state media workers have long enjoyed open access in the United States. I'm skipping, skipping. The Chinese government, while benefiting from our openness, has exploited it in a way that is increasingly inconsistent with international norms. Some Chinese entities have purchased American companies not to create jobs but to acquire technology that is then taken back to China and then developed to compete against us. Guess what? That's how markets work that's okay' It's, just, it's no different than Facebook buying buying a, a, a potential competitor like Instagram and and, web, and embedding it into its own product. There's nothing different there, okay here's the point. This is a statement of what is going on between between the Oracle-TikTok deal and the Chinese. Remember, the U.S. said, we don't think TikTok should be operating in the United States. We don't think WeChat should be operating in the United States. We want them to be gone or at least sold to American businesses. It's not very different from what's happened in China. China says, yes, but we get to approve any sale of TikTok. Right? And they said that earlier this week. So yesterday, the Trump administration... Said, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, how about this? Your businesses can't be sold. You, your your products cannot be sold on any website in the United States beginning Monday. No WeChat, no TikTok. You can okay if you if you have them, you continue to use them. We can't prevent you from using them, but you can't sell anymore, and you can't up you can't update them. So when everyone updates their phones to uh, iPhone iOS 14, that's not going to happen there." That's a pretty normal thing. I think this is a very important moment right now in terms of the reset of this relationship and, and something well worth paying attention to. I invite you to read the Branstead letter. I think it will help explain why they're doing with Oracle and TikTok what's happening right now. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you, Wyatt, for your help here. John, thanks for keeping an eye on our signal. And we'll be back again in two weeks. We'll be gone next week. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of The
10: King Banyan Show on Business
6: 1440.
1: Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through. And now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay. 22 years old now. Most roofs in that time era were good for about 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22-year-old roof is still good,
4: give us a call.
1: Yeah, Lee, I remember that storm too. And as I drive around Burnsville, uh, Bloomington, the South Metro, I see all of these roofs that were replaced back in 1998. And it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or
8: if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced. For an honest assessment on your roof or gutters, give us a call at 612-900-9166
9: or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com. That's TheKingdomBuilders.com.
4: Hi, PJ here from PJ's Appliance Outlet. Are you in need of a new washer and dryer, a new stove, dishwasher, or refrigerator? You prefer top brands like LG, Frigidaire, Whirlpool? Are you dragging your feet due to the cost and feeling like more often than not you'd be overpaying for these appliances? Well, here at PJ's, we've solved that problem for you. Our clients, many of whom are listeners to this station as well, have already saved hundreds sometimes thousands of dollars by shopping at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Our everyday standard pricing is 40-70% to less than the average appliance store. We're not talking the inflated MSRP pricing, we're talking real everyday pricing. So before you purchase an appliance, it's well worth a quick visit to our store to see what we have in stock and how much money we can save you. At PJ's we proudly offer basic and extended warranty options along with professional appliance delivery and removal services. Go to PJsApplianceOutlet.com.
9: That's PJsApplianceOutlet.com, where every deal is a steal.